Welcome to Breakthrough Barriers with Damali. I'm your host, Damali Peterman. On this podcast, we invite you to share a conflict that you need help navigating, and I, along with a guest co-host, will share what we would do in that situation to help you reach your breakthrough. Welcome to the show. On today's episode, I am thrilled to have Leonora Vernon. Leonora, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am honored to be invited. Oh my gosh. I remember the first time that we met many years ago now, I was so impressed and taken with you and your wonderful, gorgeous children that I just couldn't wait to to do something like this with you. We've had so many fun escapades over the years. I know. Who would have thought it would, we'd be here after meeting at Kidville or New York Kids Club or wherever it was our kids introduced us? All great things start at Kidville or Kids Club, right? <laughs> exactly. It is one of those great situations where you, you our kids met first and then we became friends, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, they just fell in love with each other and introduced us. And I said, oh, my God, I want to be friends with Damali. She's oh, amazing. Likewise, likewise. And so tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. Right. So I'm a product marketing professional working with tech and telecom. So I've worked with big names like EA, Verizon, Sprint, T-Mobile, all the usual suspects. And I'm now working with the Flatiron School, which is a subsidiary of WeWork. And our goal is to really enable people to change their lives through education. That sounds awesome. You're working with the Flatiron School? Right. It's um, it, we really in, The name is really inspired by the unusual building in New York City. It's a very New York City-focused sort of brand where you know, do the impossible, don't make small plans, do, you know, think big and do things that people think are impossible. Oh, I love that. Think big, do things that people think are impossible. That might be our new theme for the show. What do you think? <laughs> I think make no small plans. That well, was the, the quote from the architect. Wow. Know, well, that's built the flutter. Make no smart, pl- make, make, make no, make no small plans. Make no small plans. You know what? I, I think I live by that. I think I only I make big do. plans. I agree. Go big or go home, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so it's, that does sound fun, but what do you do for fun when you're not working there? What do I do for fun? I eat a lot. New York is a great for that. And we've had many memorable meals. Oh, taking yeah. Taking advantage of what are they, the restaurant weeks and things like that, as well as, you know, just the amazing array of uh, food choices you have here. Countries, cuisine, everything else. And as well as theater. We've been to some memorable shows. We have. Truly. My favorite theater buddy. Uh, absolutely. Those Shakespeare shows we saw with uh, Mark Rylance, I still are, you know, the, the threshold for excellence for Oh, me. absolutely. And then you were the first person to take me to the Frick Museum. Uh, Oh, which is still an amazing place in my heart. I still get those uh, mailings every now and then, and I feel a little bit guilty that I haven't been back, but I can't go without you. I know. It's such a gem. It's truly a New York, just absolute gem. It does make you feel like a, a true New Yorker having having been to the Frick Museum. The first Friday of the month is free, 6 to 9. Uh-oh, you might see us there. <laughs> well, you know, it's just really cool because um, for those of you tuning in for the first time, you can call our hotline and leave a message. And basically, you can ask any question that you're contemplating. It could be a conflict. It could be a situation. Just anything that you like some help navigating, right? And the cool thing about it is that with a co-host, we'll air it. They'll hear it for the first time. And we'll talk about what we would do in that situation. It's kind of a fun way to sort of have input from people who are not a part of the situation. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Awesome. And so what are you waiting for, folks? Pick up the phone, call us, leave us a message, and we'll air it on the show. So without further ado, we'll play a message for you. You have you one, have message. one message. Hi, Damari. This is Lisa. Thank you for this opportunity. Well, 
I'm an environment lover, and it really saddens me that people don't really care about the choice that they make, which really affects the environment, like overuse of plastics. I really want to start a campaign on saying no to plastic bags. The question is, what are some good strategies that I can apply with um, to actually, which can make a good impact on people? Um, how can I make... Like, how can I market my voice on this issue? Thank you. Oh, that's a great question. So, such a good question. Yeah, the environment and how to preserve it, how to market, uh, how to use her voice to really champion this issue of plastics and other ways to take care of the environment. And it's a good thing that we have you here on the show today. No, I feel really passionately about this. And I too, I really appreciate this question from Janissa. I, I've been reading, you know, religiously about. The, the plastics in the ocean and just the horrible things we've been unwittingly doing to the environment. It's, it's really, you know, we've got to take action now for us, for our children, for our grandchildren. Absolutely. You know, what's interesting is um, a little known fact. I lived in Costa Rica for 18 months and I worked, I lived in the rainforest in Costa Rica for 18 months and I worked with an environmental conservation organization. Um, and of course, the issue with plastics has been around for a long time and how to make, how to preserve our, our natural resources is one of those things that we focused on. And now with things like plastics, things like, you know, straws, for example, um, it's really important that we think about ways to, I think, educate people and increase awareness about the environmental impact. Uh, we were in Honduras a few weeks ago and we were out fishing and we saw so many crazy things in the ocean. Um, and it was so sad because, you know, the, 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 Marine life are pretty, you know, defenseless in that sense that they're out there trying to avoid sharks and whales. And now you have to look out for straws and things like that. It's kind of wild, don't you think? Absolutely. And even the things we can't see, the microplastics, which Ooh. is just, you know, the animals in the ocean are eating. We don't even know what negative effects this is going to have. And ultimately, we're all part of the same food chain. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so true. This will affect us directly down the road when, when, when the ocean life starts to really feel the impact and die off. So we have a personal interest and stake in making sure that the environment is safe and healthy. Um, and, you know, as you said, I mean, nature is such a, it's a way to really connect with yourself, connect with the world and preserving it is so important. And we just, we have to do things. And I think that you can start individually by modeling the right kinds of behavior and making personal changes and showing your family and your kids what, you know, sorts of behavior will help protect the environment. And that's the first step you can take. And then to Janice's question, I think you can really broaden that and start to be more proactive and political about it and go to your local council people, corporate sponsors that have, you know, dedicated themselves to making a difference as well and and reach out to them to find out how you can make a difference. Absolutely. I think to your point about education, it's so important. Everything starts with you, right? And so you can totally model the good behavior that you want to see. I love that saying, be the change you want to see in the world. Um, I think in New York, especially, there's so many people who have affinities for certain things. I met someone a couple of weeks ago who was adamant about composting. I think she was like, hi, what's your name? I compost. You compost? And I was like, well, I have composted. Uh, 
typically, for the most part, for me, I've composted in, in California. And I know that here in New York City, there are a lot of programs for composting. There are a lot of drop-offs for composting, um, including at many public schools. They have like sites where you can drop off compost. The question is, like, what do you do before you drop it off? Like, where do you keep it? And so... Um, Starting with one person could definitely have a big impact on the environment. I think also for her, she's trying to figure out how can she really market it. Um, the cool thing is social media makes it so easy to spread a message. I love that concept of something going viral. Maybe one day I'll go viral. I don't know. What do you think? I think you definitely have already. Oh, my God. I would love that. But But getting back on track, I think... Something that we can do is to, you know, maybe she becomes really passionate about it. I know one organization called um, Futuro Verde, and Futuro Verde is focused on climate change. And the founders realized that there was a void in Latin America with content that was in Spanish. And so they started this organization. They have... Uh, within under a year, over a hundred thousand followers, and every day they're blasting information about climate change and the impact that is having disproportionately throughout the world, but also Latin America, because again, like there wasn't a lot of content being kind of distributed in Spanish. And so for uh, Lisa, uh, as far as how to market, go to social media. As if you if you're able to call and leave a message for us, I'm hoping that you have a phone, a smartphone that you can kind of use. You know. Facebook or not Snap, well, yeah, Facebook, Snapchat or uh, Instagram or Twitter to kind of put it out there and, you know, figure out the best path to do it. I think some people don't like to get hit over the head with the message, right? So find a, a gentle way maybe to kind of make people aware of it and then have a call to action, right? Challenge people to do something. What exactly. do you think? One of those 30-day challenges. You know, oh, sort I love of a 30-day challenge. Give up straws for 30 days or, you know, something like that. Give up plastics at your grocery store. Get something that's reusable. Oh, yeah. Burlap bags. You, oh, Make your own burlap bag. I love that you said that. I met a woman um, a few months ago at the Cornell Club, and she told me, oh, I wish I could remember her name, but she has a book. She told me she was the first person to kind of and then and market the reusable bag. And she lives like somewhere in upstate New York. And she pulled out the bag and I was like, I know those bags. She's like, yeah, Damali, this is like 40 years ago. It's the first person to do it. And it's amazing. And so you're absolutely right. Like kind of having reusable things. I'm a big fan of the metal straws. Everything is so cold when you drink through the metal straws. I know it's such a silly thing to say, but they're so cold. I love them. Metal straws. And they also have, what are they, the silicone or something like that that you oh. can do the washable straws that you can get these days oh those are cool so yeah you can easily get rid of straws and you know make a difference in your life in the way that you shop in the way that you reuse uh, plastics and things like that just don't allow them into your life yeah i think that i think that's a great great way to do it so i think our, our collective thoughts would be to be the change you want to be for you to start doing it yourself keep doing it and kind of having that ripple effect of you uh not using plastics using some other options metal silicone and others uh, also using re other reusable products right why limit this to plastics we can find other things to do so we can take bags that are reusable. I'm sure there are other things that you can do as well. Um, you can also think about composting. Uh, we also talked about using social media. You have the ability to market and to broadcast this message on various platforms. Absolutely. I mean, I know Whole Foods, there are lots of companies that have made these types of commitments, Trader Joe's, and reaching out to them, maybe asking, seeing if they're interested in sponsorships for whatever it is that you put together, your program, 
you never know where it could go. So definitely do some research on the companies that have already lined up to support these types of initiatives. Reach out to them. It's actually, you know, go to their websites, go to their investor relations people, their, oh, their PR contacts. It just any phone number or email that you can find, just start with that person and say, I'm sorry, I'm not sure if you're the right person to speak to about this, but would love to talk to you about these initiatives. I think that's a great idea. Your point is basically don't reinvent the wheel. There are some organizations that are already out here doing that. Align yourself with them and then kind of take it from there. I love that. That's really a great way to think about it, Leonora. Yeah, and you reminded me of a quote that I love that I think it's Abraham Lincoln who said, um, it's easy to predict the future, just create it. Oh, I love that. I love that. So you've heard it here from us and I guess maybe even Abraham Lincoln. It's easy to create the future. Just do it. Just create it. Just create it. Love that. So Lisa, hopefully that helps. Uh, We're super excited to have your message on the show. Uh, Keep us posted. It's really great to hear feedback. We love to hear if you were able to implement some of these strategies and if so, how they worked out for you. So definitely follow up with us. So without further ado, how about we play our, our next message? Sounds great. Let's do it. You have, you one, have message. one message. Hello, my name is Rebecca, and I would love to hear your thoughts um, for somebody who has found a hobby or a passion that they're really excited about and is considering leaving their professional, permanent, settled role um, to try and pursue the the hobby as as a as a job and a career. Thank you. I love that question. That's a great question. I think everyone probably has some things that they love doing as a hobby and a passion that they're maybe contemplating how can I parlay this into like full time work. There's a term that's really popular in my workplace with a bunch of millennials, the side hustle. Side hustle. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think that finding your passion, pursuing it, investing in it, investing yourself, believing yourself is you know, the what, the first step to getting there, just believing that you can do it, mapping out a plan, lining up um, mentors and allies that can help you map out that plan and give you advice. I love it. What's your side hustle, Leonora? Do you have a side hustle? My side hustle? Well, I actually, I've been working in corporate marketing since forever, but I love to write. Oh. And I always wanted to write a screenplay. I watched a million movies from, I can't even remember one from the day I was born. And I just thought, I can do this. And so I just sat down and basically was an autodidact, taught myself how to write a screenplay just by applying to screenplay competitions and reading a few books. And it made it, my screenplay made it to the semifinals a couple of times. Never, never won, but that's okay. And I went to Austin Film Festival and everything, and it was super fun. And I really encourage you to pursue your dream and see where it can take you. Oh, that's amazing. So, I mean, wow, you kind of said that kind of like, oh, yeah, I wrote a, I taught myself how to write a screenplay, made it to semifinals, went to Austin. That's Those are all huge accomplishments. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thanks. No, it was just, it was my passion and I wanted to do it. And it was a passion story that I'd wanted to tell for a really long time. And actually I was inspired by a women's screenplay competition, only open to women of a certain age. I won't say the age (laughs) for women, uh, just encouraging women to write. And so you can find those mentors out there. You can find those people that will um, support you and whatever it is that you want to do. Um, And, you know, just go for it, do it. Well, you know, I love the idea of doing what you're passionate about. I mean, that's how I started my two companies. I had always been passionate about many things. And it was around 2016 when, you know, 
we just got the results of the U.S. elections, and I was thinking, okay, the world's going to need some more conflict resolvers. And I took out a notepad, not dissimilar from what we have right here in the studio, and I wrote down everything I knew how to do. Everything. It was a lot of sheets of paper. And then I circled what I loved to do. And what I did was I noticed that there was a theme that started to appear in the things that I loved, and they fell into three categories. Being a lawyer, love being a lawyer, a mediator, and an educator. And it's funny, three years later, I would probably add fixer to that because I'm kind of like your, your, your New York Olivia Pope or, or Judy A. Smith, if you know the actual person that Olivia Pope's character was based off of. And I had the pleasure of meeting Judy uh, about six years ago in Washington, D.C. during a CCWC conference. That's a Corporate Council for Women of Color conference in September, I think, of like 2013 or so. Uh, but in any event, what's really great about that is every day that I wake up, I do exactly what I'm passionate about. Every day I do what I love. I help people. I give them advice. I help them resolve conflicts. I put into place strategies for managing conflicts and I love it. And when you're doing what you're passionate about, what you're doing, what you, when, you, when you are doing what you love and what you're passionate about, it doesn't feel like work. You can turn your side hustle into your real hustle. <laughs> Is it your primary your hustle? Full-time hustle. It's your full-time hustle? <laughs> I got to get all the lingo. I, I try to keep up to, up to, I try to keep up to speed and up to date on all the different terms. I have younger siblings. I'm the oldest of seven. And I feel like I'm always like two or three like words behind. I know, or I'm afraid I just look like a geek when I'm using them and trying to like use them. And it's sort of like very awkward that I'm trying to use this cool word. Well, you know, I feel like you kind of, you have to find that balance between like not trying to look awkward or feeling awkward and then also using it the right way. Exactly. And then you have to know when things aren't like popular anymore. Like people, are they still saying on fleek? I don't even know. I've never even heard that term. That's how blind I am. (laughs) Like every now and then I'll see something on like Refinery21 or, you know, Reddit or something that has like, you know, Cool things to say, or please retire this. Like I think winning was retired like a couple years ago, so you can't say winning anymore. I don't want anyone to lose. You are ahead of me (laughs) on the terminology. So I guess what I was going to say is not knowing exactly what your passion is. I would just advise that there are a lot of uh, different types of education that you can do now online uh, while you're working part time that are uh, suited to your schedule, suited to your uh, just your life. As, as it is and what your needs are and what your challenges are. So there are opportunities to pursue things while you're working. If that's something that you want to do, you can take online courses um, to learn how to design a website. You can take online courses to learn how to code um, and do all those things remotely and on, on your time frame. So these are all things that you can explore if you don't have the opportunity to leave your job and want to pursue your passion, your side hustle. If it depends on, you know, of course, Economics, right? So one, what do you have? Do you have enough money to saved up to pursue your side hustle full time? Is it something that's going to still be on the side until it can, you know, generate enough income for you to, for it to be your primary hustle, your full time job? And then the other thing too is ask yourself, what problem are you trying to solve? What need are you trying to address? Because I think part of it is having a great idea versus an opportunity where you can actually generate some revenue, right? And so sometimes a side hustle is kind of a side hustle because maybe you just like going to art galleries, right? Um, or a side hustle becomes an opportunity where you can generate revenue because now you are a tour guide and you are taking people to art galleries and now they're paying for that, right? And so there are ways to parlay it into making money, but I think that the question is, and then 
does it take the fun out of it, right? Is it still fun to you? Are you still passionate about it if it becomes all about money? Right. No, I think that we tried to go to this gallery tour, this sort of fabulous thing that this guy does, uh, 2%, where he literally leads these stealth gallery tours and, you know, sort of will tell you all about the, the paintings and the buildings and the works of art. Can you imagine this guy probably was just, you know, he loved art, he loved galleries, and he made it into a, a business. It's incredible what you can do. And I think Damali's point is so perfect because if you read up on design thinking, this is like the central uh, notion of design thinking is that get to what the actual need is, get to the, the fundamental, what are you trying to solve for? And so it's it's partly about how you ask the question. And so you can come up with very different answers depending on the way you ask the question about what is it that I'm trying to solve for. Absolutely. And you know what's interesting too is there's no wrong answer, right? Well, as long as you're not doing something illegal, right? <laughs> like we're not advocating for going out of your side, if your side, if your side hustle or passion is something legal, we're not saying do that. Right. Um, but, but the point is that you can try and try again. People always say things like, Oh, I don't want to fail or I'm afraid to fail. Look, I'm a lawyer. I'm risk averse. I don't want to fail either, but you're never going to know what you can accomplish if you don't try. That's what I always think. It's sort of like, what is the risk of doing it? Well, what is the risk of not doing it? Right. Right. I love that thinking because it sounds like I think we're both a glass half full type of gal, right? Like that's kind of us. And so I never want to have any regrets. I don't want to look back and be like, why didn't I take that opportunity? Why didn't I say this thing when I had an opportunity to? Like I want to live in the moment, but I also want to really like feel like I'm putting my best foot forward and I'm asking for things because the worst thing that could happen is people say no. Say no, that's okay. You know what's really great after a no? A yes. <laughs> that is completely my mantra. It never hurts to ask. It never hurts to ask. And, you know, a really, really smart woman that I know, her name is Alexis. Um, she teaches mindfulness. And I had the pleasure of ha- going on one of her retreats a few weeks ago. And she said that life is full of yeses and nos and that you need those nos to make the yeses sweeter. And it's so true because sometimes things aren't really meant for you, right? So you get that no and then perhaps something better is around the corner where you'll get that yes. Absolutely. So I'm a fan. Yeah, no. And all the you know great sort of entrepreneurs that you think of probably failed more times than they won. So you know they started their businesses. Steve Jobs, I think he went you know he went bottoms up like several times before he hit it big. And it's just I think that those failures actually prepare you for the final win. Oh yes, yes. And what I love about that too is I feel like some, sometimes things are so romanticized that people only know about the wins. They don't know about the 15 failures that led up to those wins. And so I think it's really cool to, you know, for people who have failures and I, you know, it's funny, I go back and forth as to whether I like the word failure Me too. because it sounds so strong and so negative, like a deeply charged emotional word. And basically it's, I don't know. We'll, we'll think of something and come back to you on what a fail, uh, an alternative for failure. We'll come back right. to you on that next time you come be an amazing guest co-host on the show. <laughs> so I think for you, Rebecca, the thought is one, think about it, pursue your passions, figure out the timing of it, um, figure out if it's something that, you know, maybe should always be a side hustle or maybe there's something that you can actually parlay into full-time work. Um, I also, I always like to think of two things happening, uh, which let you know that you're on the right track. And that's the alignment of timing and opportunity. If those two things align, and of course there's some other things that should align as well, but if those two things align, I think that's your entree. Go for it, do it. And we wish you the best. We do. Wow, I can't believe it. We've already heard two messages, Leonora. You were spectacular. 
Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, you were just incredible co-hosts. And for the audience, thank you for tuning in. So thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. Fantastic. And I'm your host, Damali Peterman, and this is Breakthrough Barriers with Damali. Continue to break through and have a wonderful day. Do you have any barriers that we can help you break through? If so, you can leave a brief message at 646-363-6322 or on our interactive blog at www.breakthroughadr.com. Please follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at the at sign B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-O-U-G-H capital A, capital D, capital R. I'm your host, Damali Peterman, and this is Breakthrough Barriers with Damali. Although I am a lawyer, mediator, and an educator, and many of my co-hosts will represent various professions, we want to be clear that we are not providing legal advice, counseling, or suggestions. Our goal is to provide a roadmap for conflict resolution to generate future conflict resolvers. Continue to break through and have a wonderful day.